For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating? I'm drinking out of my happy birthday mug. My birthday is nowhere near. It will be in February, but I believe that every day should be celebrated and we should take the time to celebrate each other and everything. And uh, so it's appropriate that I'm drinking out of my happy birthday mug today. Uh, COVID is on its way out the door completely, but my dear friend, Victoria, I don't know if she's here or watching, she stopped by today because it's National Dessert Day and she brought me these two incredible Parisian desserts for Danny and me for after dinner tonight. Uh, so that's exciting. So it's also a uh, national be bald and proud day. Uh, I'm not bald. Uh, not that I would have any problem being bald. I've often thought about playing uh, the king and the king and I or uh, Ramses and uh, the Ten Commandments. Who knows? I mean, there are all kinds of possibilities. I celebrate all bald men. I celebrate bald women. I celebrate everybody. Uh, but today, let's see who is here in the wings watching. We have uh, Alan Choi is here uh, from San Francisco, one of my favorite cities, and that's always worth celebrating. Uh, Cherry Callahan is from my hometown uh, of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Actually, I grew up in Conway, which is right next to Myrtle Beach. Uh, let's see, uh, Gary Basin is here. Happy National Dessert Day, everybody. Uh, Natasha Lombardi is here from Portland, Maine, uh, or is it Portland, New Hampshire? Uh, we'll find out. Uh, and uh, Rosa Puzo is here from Connecticut. Uh, Rose, I'm so glad that you're here. So let's see. I'm going to pick Cherry Callahan. And Cherry, you get to bring on our first guest. Uh, so you give me a number, one through four, and I will bring on the first guest. And we will discuss and find out what their favorite, uh, Maine, uh, so uh, Natasha's in uh, Maine. Uh, I love both Portlands. They're both beautiful. Uh, so uh, as soon as Cherry tells us what our first number is, I will bring on the first guest. And she's picked number three. And that's Charles Evans, also from San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, who well, just well, I know Alan. Hello, Alan. Yes, Alan. and you both. Yeah. So he's watching. So Charles, I, first of all, who or what are you celebrating today? Well, I am celebrating that we we just finished a very successful run of Kinky Booths in San Francisco, and it was a really joyous occasion for all of us on the stage and the audience, and the audience just loved it every night. We had standing ovations every night and just cheering crowds and people just feeling just feeling so joyous. It's a very joyous, loving show, and so uh, just celebrating that, and I'm on my way to the East Coast in a week or so to visit some family and to go to some cabaret events in New York. And I'm doing the cabaret conference there and going to some master classes. And I'm gonna go to the uh, to the Mabel Mercer uh, cabaret convention, hopefully as well. And and I'm just looking forward to doing all that. So it's just, it's a good- Well, New York cannot wait to have you back. Yes. So, like, as you know, you've been on the show before. This is a return visit for you. So I'm so glad that you said yes to coming back. And it's nice to hear the aftermath uh, of a, a show. And I'm thrilled that it was a success. Uh, I've been following your post on Facebook. So uh, I know how much fun this has been for you and how it feels to be back on the stage. So um, today is National Dessert Day. Do you have a favorite dessert? And if so, are you a baker? I, I am not a baker. No, not um, <laughs> either am I. Not, not even on the stage. Um, um, my favorite dessert um, uh, is cherry pie. And wow, when I too. was a kid, it was it, it, it was only sort of a President's Day or uh, Washington's birthday that cherry pie was really readily available. It seemed in those days. So I would look forward to those holidays because it was. The time where I could get my favorite dessert, but now, of course, you can get cherry pie many, many places. But it's my favorite, and strawberry shortcake, and 
And I'm not, I like chocolate, but I'm not like a super chocoholic type person. So a cherry pie is something I would always go for. So my favorite. That's great. Yeah. So before we bring on our next guest, you get to pick a random question and you get to pick one through four. Okay, I will pick three. Uh, and the question, it's called Great Questions. We're going to find out if it's a great question. <laughs> it says, to tackle hard questions, say, thank you. This is a great question. Uh, the person asking uh, will feel recognized and will be uh, less critical of your answer. Uh, I'm not going to ask you any tough questions today. So what is the toughest question that you feel that you've ever been asked that you really, that got really, that stumped you? The toughest question. Um... That's, um, I guess maybe sometimes when I was, when I was uh, looking for work and I was looking and I was going for jobs that I was, that I was more needing income rather than being passionate. And somebody would ask me, why do you want this, this job or this position? <laughs> and, and I would have to come up with something that was plausible, even though it was like, well, I, I, I want to be able to finance my, uh, my other job of doing theater and singing and, uh, you know, and, and coming up with things that really were things that I valued about what I would be doing. You know, even sometimes it had to do with, with thinking about who my work would benefit, you know, who my customer was and who, who my work would benefit and, and thinking about that because I really do care about customer service and customer satisfaction and making people happy. So I think sometimes, you know, if, if the task seemed mundane, it was hard to answer why did I want that particular job. So I had to think about who the who the job would benefit and why I cared about those people and you know and their uh, and their well being. You know those, that kind of thing. Well, it's interesting. I read an article recently that said that the you know the number one question is that people that are applying for a job will ask about the company. About the company? Oh, they ask about the company. Yeah. Uh, let's um, say that I'm applying for the job. Do you, the number one question that is asked. Um, do they ask about like benefits or promotional opportunities or things like what that? What are my days off? Yeah, that is a terrible question to ask. <laughs> it's, the, it's the number one question that most people ask when applying for a job. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally no, I, agree with you. Yeah. And I, I used to teach interviewing skills quite a lot. So that would be that would go on my list of terrible questions because you should be talking about how you're going to help them, not about how they're going to, how working for them is going to help you. You know, the, you absolutely. Ask, you ask about well, that after the job offer. Well, I, I totally agree with you. Now you get to bring on our next guest. So you pick number one through three. Okay. I will pick uh, two. Okay. And that is the incredible Karen Mack. And we're talking about desserts, but Yay. this whole month is under a certain umbrella. It is under a certain umbrella, a sweet umbrella, as it were. And you are the expert in that department. Well, I don't know if that's true, but I, but I have to say I'm a devotee. Let's put it that way. Uh, uh, an enthusiast, a cookie enthusiast. It is October is National Cookie Month. And this is my 11th year. The month of October, I literally every single day, I will bake a different cookie and then I, I post a picture to my socials and it's, they're always delicious cookies and wobbly pictures, but, but it's super fun and people like wow. it. And, and uh, through the years, people have sort of really like warmed up to just, it's like you said, Richard, it's about having things to celebrate. So I feel like now people are, have just been lovely about, they share their stories and they, they comment on the pictures and they, maybe this reminds them of something that they had when they were a kid or something that they like. It's really just a lot of fun. Now, do you have a favorite cookie that you bake? Um, you know, I I am, unlike Charles, I am kind of a chocoholic. I'm kind of a, I like anything chocolate, butterscotch, the, the, those kinds of flavors. But I, but I like like shortbread. I like too. I like, you know, this doesn't just happen. I, I, I like cookies. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you the same question that I just asked Charles, but I'm going to, uh, you put your own spin on it. Um, uh, when you've been to an audition or to an interview for uh -huh. a job, whether it be in the business or outside the business, what do you think is the craziest question that you've ever been asked? That I no, that you've been asked. Well, um, hang on, because it's like a petting zoo over here. Um, 
you know, back in the day, people used to ask all kinds of inappropriate things, particularly of women like, oh, are you married? How long have you been married? Oh, you must be great with your kid. Like all of those things that you're really not supposed to ask anymore. Um, I don't know. I think I had somebody ask me one. I've always had like a million jobs because it's like that kind of thing where you I, I'm I, I'm just a little bit of a, a type A. So I and, and, you know, if you're in the business, it's like you can't you you can't fund anything that you want to do if you produce things and you did like you have to i i was never good at at just working for tips like i i always needed to have like a regular paycheck but i do think i had an interview once for a maybe an hr position when i first moved to manhattan and they asked me if i was a good sleeper <laughs> and i i thought it was weird and i it was such sort of like kind of a weird like personal ish question that mm-hmm. because they asked it in a very matter of fact way, I found myself going, you know what, actually I don't sleep well. It's funny that you, and then I like hear this coming out of my mouth and I'm like, like thinking, Oh, I hope I have more copies of my CV in my bag because that's not gonna, that's not going to go over. Well. But, and nobody ever decided, nobody ever told me why they would ask something. I, obviously you can't do that anymore, but I think that's the weirdest. Now I want to talk about something that I'm excited about. And that is the fact that, those girls are back. Ah, oh, thanks. And those girls say, I mean, the four of you are just the not you're you're all individually incredible, but as a group, a girl group, uh, do you like that expression, girl? Group? I do. Oh, I absolutely do. I, I think it has a, a a connotation to it. It it evokes an era and it's certainly you know, that's why we're we're called those girls. We uh we enjoy each other, we have a, a great time, and we we hope to kind of make people feel like that kind of girl group energy. It's very much a, not just four people doing a show at the same time. You're all uh, incredible, as I said. Uh, you're doing a, a celebration of Broadway. We are the Broadway. Um, I love the Broadway. Uh-huh. Why the Broadway? Um, you know, it's, uh, well, first of all, like uh, you always ask what we're celebrating today. Today I celebrate a very special day, which is the birthday of our girl, Eve Eaton, our talented, tall, beautiful girl, and it is her birthday. And uh, when the last main stage show that we did, which was right before the the pandemic started, we had got very nice, people were very kind about it. We got some awards for it. It was Those Girls Sing the Boys, volume one. And uh, it was all music made famous by male singer, songwriters, and composers and things. And uh, we closed that show with Joanna from Sweeney Todd. And we've been together for five or six years. We've done lots of shows but we've never done anything that was really Broadway centered and we all love theater and we love theater so much and we're lucky enough to live in this beautiful city. And so I, in the course of like building a new show during the lockdown, we just kept coming back to how much we missed that and how much fun it might be to take that canon and mess with it like we do. <laughs> and so, uh, and so that's why we, uh, we kind of came up with it. So we, we hit, I think we've got like six and a half decades, like 65 years of, cross-section of music everything from gilbert and sullivan to six um shows up in this and and funny theater stories and you know q a and it's it's really a, a great time well i'm gonna let everybody know that if you are going to be in new york you've got a couple of performances coming up i'm gonna put the poster up here again i will be in new york during Two of those performances, so I'm going to Come on over. We'd love to see you. We'll put you on the list. Let me know if you want to come. Well, uh, but uh, you may get a chance, Charles, uh, if you can do this, if you can put in uh, hashtag dessert. Oh, uh, You may win uh, two comps to the show. Am I correct? That's right. And, uh, of course, you're still responsible for the food and drink minimum, uh, but you uh, can possibly get two comps to the show. Um, and uh, if you are unable to attend uh, the show, uh, another thing that we can plug here is you have a CD coming out. I do. It's a baby steps. Baby so steps. when is the CD coming out? We're um we just I, I talk about things to celebrate. So we just passed a third of the way on our funding, on our crowdfunding, which I'm very excited about because you like that is a daunting prospect. Um, but we're doing well, and uh, we're uh, we're almost. We're at that point where we have more tunes than I think we're going to end up putting out. But in this day and age, that doesn't matter because people don't necessarily buy a whole record all at one time. So we uh, have a lot of great ideas still and a a fantastic band. And Peter Eldridge from the New York Voices is producing it. 
and uh, and he's super fun. And uh, if everything stays on schedule, um, we'll probably drop in the spring next year. We'll, we're we're looking to be in the studio in uh, October, November, and and then have it wrapped by the end of the year so that we can put it out, mix it and master it, all that good stuff get it into the world next year. So in case you're not able to make it to those girls, um, the alternate prize, not that it's an alternate, will be your CD. Oh, for sure. And uh, people can have that, obviously, that that's part of the package. But uh, um, so uh, whoever wins, I'm happy to, to have you have the music. That's great. So you uh, get to uh, pull a random question, uh, one through three. Two. Okay. And the question is, it's an, actually, it's called an impact card. Ooh. And it says, make a stand for a cause or an individual who is being wronged. So now is your chance for everybody who's watching for you to make a stand for somebody, an individual or a cause that you feel that oh. needs to be addressed. Okay. Well, you know what? That's, that's awesome. Um, because uh, in the month of October, and there are lots of things, you know, there are lots of like odd holidays that are just fun and, and you know quirky holidays, but there are also remembrances and and important things as well. And uh, and October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness mm. Month, and I would just shout out to everyone, women, people who love women, people that know women, family members. Um, really, like, be mindful, be kind. There, you never know what somebody's going through in your life. And uh, if you have not, men as well, if, you have, if you're behind on your checkups, take care of you. Take, take the extra effort. Follow the guidelines. Uh, get tested. Get checked with regularity. And um, if you have someone that is a survivor and there are ways that you can show up and, you know, walk, raise money, raise awareness, be supportive, um, please, please consider doing that, not just during awareness month, but all year round. And it's appropriate we have pink today. So it uh, is, look at yeah. that. So uh but uh absolutely and I'm gonna second what Karen just said. Um if you feel a lump or something that it's irregular, don't be embarrassed. Please, I mean because there's still this stigma with some women and men too who go, it's just you know something unusual. Get it checked out. Early detection is the key. So, uh, uh, and I just lost her. So hopefully she'll be, uh, I hope that she's going to come back any moment. See, it's the the uh, aftermath of uh, <laughs> Mercury Retrograde. I blame everything on Mercury Retrograde. So yes, and here she is again. I don't know what happened, but we're back. <laughs> so you get to pick our next guest, one or two. One. Okay, and that's Eddie Varley, who I think you two know each other. Wow, so nice to uh, be by my dear Karen, who I think is so amazingly talented. It's a great day. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I'm going to piggyback off of Karen for a moment, if you don't mind, Karen. And I'm going to uh, ask you, Eddie, uh, you've got uh, the stage right now. If there's a certain cause... Uh, or a person that you feel that you want to, uh, you know, speak out on behalf of, now's your chance. Yes. Well, you know, I, I, my, when I when I was getting ready for to come on, it was Roger Moore's birthday, so I wanted to say I love Roger Moore. But piggybacking off that, I think what everyone is going through and thinking of, I think it's very important to just register to vote. Oh my and, God. And, 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 you know, it, it's a very important thing for everybody to do. And, you know, all you have to do is spend a moment to see what's on the headlines and what's going on. And for so many rights and so many and what Karen had just said about, you know, breast cancer, you know, my mother, you know, and many other family members had breast cancer and uh, medical security, making sure that you are going to have what you need to combat these illnesses is part of voting. So I would say everybody make sure you're registered, make sure your friends are registered, make sure your communities are taken care of in that. And that's what I think, not just today, but every day, it's so important. Thank you for saying that. So I am totally right there with you. Um, and uh, <coughs> here I go, uh, sorry about that. Uh, but going along, 
uh, with uh, previous themes on today's show, the craziest or the craziest, I'm just going to stick with that word, uh, question that you've been ever been asked when applying for a job or auditioning for a show? Well, I can tell you that. Many years ago, I was lucky enough to be um, invited into the New Vic Theatre of London. And they, they, they had toured uh, the world and, and were very popular. And their late, great, uh, sort of one of the creators of it and star, Mickey O'Donoghue, was a great English actor, a comedian. And um, they send, send it up the great, like, you know, Dracula. They do Dracula, How's Your Blood Count? And they do, you know, Hunchback and all these shows. And I had seen them actually. Uh, they were performing in New York. And I went out afterwards with the cast. And I just sat next to Mickey. And, you know, Mickey had his bottle of Chardonnay and this and that, you know. And he's like, but I, I loved Peter Sellers growing up. I was obsessed. So I knew all the archaic, you know, the arcane, like, goon show and all this stuff. So when he saw that, he, you know, after a few glasses, said, Eddie Valley. Uh, we go out next time. Come with us. You'll get it. I said, okay, Mickey, sure. You know, everyone, you know, it's like in New York, you, you say goodbye, you get in your cabs. So a year to the day later, I get a call. Hello, Eddie Valley. Mickey, you're coming out with us, son. Uh, well, I, I, I got, you know, I guess I just moved in a new apartment. I don't know that. Uh, one question. Do you mind showing your bum? And <laughs> I said, what? You, you, your butt. You, you have a problem putting down your pants? He said, no. <laughs> no, not at all. He said, well, in the show, I think you're the one to show your bum. I went, Mickey, I'm ready. Yes. And a FedEx came three days later with my script and my plane ticket. And then two days later, I was on a plane to London. And then for a year, I was with the new Vic. And every night, Mickey would go, uh, and I think they need to see a dangly bits. Show more. <laughs> Did you do it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Would you show your bum? Dig wow. It. And I did all across. In, and How I, appropriate on dessert day that you would tell us that story. I have my Swiss rolls here. So. Oh, good for you. It all connects. It all connects. Yes. Uh, yes. So you get to pick um, your, your surprise question, number one or number two. Uh, let's go with number one. Okay, and the question is, what's the best advice you've ever received other than to show your dangly bits? <laughs> well, um, I, I think, uh, you know, all of you guys, and it, it, it really is so great. Thank you again for uh, inviting me, Richard, because your, your show and what you do every celebration was really important. No. Never more so than what we all went through. Your show, Many Days, really got me through it. So I'm grateful for you for that. And and music and, and seeing Charles. And, and Charles, you saying you were so happy to be back on stage. And I think, you know, uh, one of the greatest days I ever had, thanks to Rob Diamond from Broadway World, uh, was having dinner with, who was an idol for me, uh, Michael Crawford. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, a fan, and, you know, I... I I was always wanting to do comedy or art and whatever. And then I heard the music of the Phantom of the Opera all the way back in 1986. And it, you know, I just was like, now that's something I'd like to, you know, do. And I grew up with Broadway. I grew up with Andrew McArdle. So I'm no, you know, but suddenly there was this big and, you know, you know, and for an actor who loved characters and Star Wars, I was like, this is kind of fun. So I had a chance. Uh, I, I actually wrote him. When Phantom was in New York, I was still living in this very house back then. And I went up to see him in, in 1988, see the Phantom. And I wrote and he said, well, come backstage. And I went backstage and it was amazing as you could think. But then many years later on, on a crazy journey, I was able to sit with him as a, you know, uh, uh, a person uh, who had been through a lot. And I told him that his advice about never, ever forgetting that every night is the opening night for that audience. That's right. And if you don't see the white of your knuckles, and if you don't give 110%, why are you doing it? And that has been something my entire life is never take for granted. If you're performing or if you're doing anything, do it. 
and, and care about it. And as bad as the day is, if you're giving service to somebody, man, they might need that more than anybody else. And I certainly, uh, I think it's great advice. And it certainly helped me and all the people starting from dear Carol Channing and, and seeing, you know, growing up with Andrea and seeing backstage and that kind of stuff, always giving that the best you can do because the audience will connect to it. You know, I, 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 uh, I studied with Betty Buckley uh, for a bit and she always said, heart to heart, connect, everyone's hearts connecting. Think of that. That's another great bit of advice because we all share the same thing. Why not share where we're from and uh, this and that, but everyone's got a heart. And if, you know, one of the great things about live theater and song, Karen, you've, done, you've given it to me. Uh, your heart, you can share something with just simple song, simple lyric, and that's it. Just do your best. One of my favorite songs of all time is Anne Hampton Calloway's At the Same Time. Mm. When I hear that song, I think about all of our hearts beating at the same time. And the other day I was talking to a friend of mine who called me, she was so upset about the passing of Angela Lansbury, um, which by the way, everyone, just a little plug here, I'm gonna do a celebration of her. I saw that, so exciting. Next uh, Friday night, and I've got some great surprises in the wings already for that. Uh, including, you mentioned Joanna earlier, Karen. Uh, Sarah Rice is going to be on the show, the original. Oh, uh, yeah. So, but I said to this friend of mine, um, she lived a full life. Um, not that we were saddened by her, not saddened by her passing, we are. But how lucky are all of us that we were alive at the same time that she was? There are babies being born today who don't have that experience in their lifetime. And they will only know her from film and records and television appearances and everything. But we've had the experience. I've saw her twice live on stage. I met her once. So we all have that that in our lifetime. And I was watching um, MSNBC that night and Stephanie Rule at the end of her show said the same exact words. She says, how lucky that we had her in our lifetime. And I went, oh my God, that's the universe just saying that it's all there. So I'm gonna bring on our next guest and hope that uh, the, uh, the gods are on our uh, side mm -hmm. because as uh, Charles and Karen and Eddie all know, uh, we were having some technical issues. Uh, so our fingers are crossed. We're sending <laughs> a, a positive dessert, uh, feedback. Reggie, are you there? Reggie? Uh, Hello? Reggie? I think we're going to have an issue. Uh, Reggie, we're going to somehow figure this out uh, between now and next Friday, and I'll invite you back next Friday um, because I'd love to have you on the show. Reggie is an incredible entertainer. Uh, we appeared together uh, he appeared in one of uh, Richard Skipper Celebrate shows when I was doing the live shows. Uh, and uh, I am so disappointed uh, that he's having an issue here. Uh, I'm going to remove uh, this from the screen. And Reggie, if you can still hear me and if you are able to come back on, uh, we'll try to get you uh, back on. So um, I want to... Um, so. There's one last question, and which was going to go to Reggie, and uh, I'm going to start with you, Charles, and I'm going to ask each of you this question. Oh, okay. uh, I don't even know what the question is. And, uh, well, here it is. This is going to be fun. Uh, Charles, describe yes. worst date ever. <gasps> worst date ever. Um, Without mentioning names, unless okay. you really want to. Worst date <laughs> You know, I think for me, the worst date ever probably would be someone that I met who um, who was uh, sort of like physically the the perfect person for me, but as a human being, we just had nothing in common and nothing to talk about and nowhere to go, and so it was the fight between. Well, I'm so. I'm so attracted on the one level to this person, but on the other hand, I wasn't, there was nothing there to, to keep things going beyond, you know, 
couple of minutes or just a little fun time. So that was probably the worst date because I so wanted to connect with the person uh, with them on a human level. And it was just like the physical, you know, was, was going to work, but nothing else was going to work. And that was a disappointment. So that I would say that probably would go down as, you know, realizing that, that I have, I have absolutely nothing to talk about with this person. And we just have no common ground really beyond uh, just the physical, you know, well, the big question is, did you make it to dessert? <laughs> I, I, I did get through the evening, yes. I just, <laughs> Good. Karen, your worst date ever. Um, all right. So uh, it, it was still a date, although it was with somebody that, that we were very serious. Like we were, you know, talking about getting married and we've been together, uh, I, I don't know, at least a year or two years. Um, and we went out for New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is always kind of a, mm, a crap yeah. anyway, because it's, you know, twice the price for the same steak, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that about me. So whatever. Um, oh, anyway, <laughs> so we went out to this, to what was in Pennsylvania, a very fancy place. We went for dinner and danced all these things. And then we stayed over the night in the hotel. And so we had New Year's Eve, rang in New Year's Eve, and then we went back to the room. And then after, uh, we were having a conversation and he, I guess he had just enough to drink. And uh, he looked at me with just the, the, the sweetest, most loving look on his face and went, you know, I'm not looking for anybody else, but I'm not really looking for you either. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, yeah, what, what well, can I tell you? So, oh it's, uh, so I would say, you wow. know, I, I think that that's, I think that's probably my worst one. Wow. Eddie? Well, uh, my, mine goes all the way back to my uh, junior prom. Ooh. And uh, it was, you know, it, it was a very, I was kind of a nerd, but I went to performing arts high school. So then you were you were ultimately popular, even if you, you know, we were all nerds. But uh, um, but I I went I I like cajoled this date to go for her to go with me, and she literally halfway through went off with the limo driver <sighs> at my yeah. Oh, boy. So oh. that was the first red flag, you know, for <laughs> the few you know. At, so watch the limo driver. But um, yeah, so that was a bad night. But you know, I, I never expected it to be, you know, crazy. And it was very early on when like a friend like snuck in beer. So it was also like you know, a few beers made it all seem okay. I guess when you're in high, whatever it was. But yeah, having my my prom date leave with the limo driver. That's not a great. Oh, that date. has to be there. That's a Shonda. Wow, yeah. well, that's yeah. a Shonda. <laughs> I made sure for my senior prom that we were handcuffed, whoever I went with. So. <laughs> what, what was your, Eddie, what was your prom theme? Do you remember what your prom theme was? Always. I, I, uh, my, my senior prom or that junior prom? Uh, both. So the senior prom, I, I know, I remember. Always and forever. Nice. Always and forever. You know, like, it was 1984. Yeah. And it was a very, like, will always be together. And I'm very lucky. I went to the Creative and Performing Arts High School in Philadelphia, and we have been. Uh, I, I I just saw my friends not too long ago. Oh, they've that's nice. Been, yeah. That's they've been cool. a great support now that I've been back in Philly for a bit. It's great. Wow. Um, I want to talk about some of the uh, holidays that we're celebrating today. Uh, so, Charles, I'll start with you. It's Be Bald and Be Free Day. So, uh, do you have a favorite bald performer that bald. you're a big fan of bald performer um well I, I mean going back to you know childhood i think you know yule brenner in the king and i was was uh you know a powerful uh sensual you know king and was was bald and <laughs> that's uh, right but he bald. wasn't really bald he shaved his head for that role right. and that took off you know and uh but think about this he did uh the king and i 
the Ten Commandments and Anastasia all in the same year. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And uh, Angela Lansbury tidbit, uh, when he, it, for this is a little bit of trivia for all of you, since we're talking about your Brenner on Be Bald and Be uh, uh, Proud Day, is that when he was originally cast in The King and I, The King and I was considered a secondary role. Mm -hmm. And uh, his name was uh, below the title. It was Gertrude Lawrence in The King and I with Yul Brenner. And that's how it was staged. But by the time he came back with his first revival, and this was, of course, after the movie, he had become this massive superstar. And, of course, his name went above the title mm -hmm. and everything. I remember, uh, I still remember the Broadway theater with his arms out like this, uh, you know, in front of the theater. I used to call that the Arms Up Theater. Yeah. At that theater were Zorba, uh, Avita, and, uh, and uh, The King and I. And uh, so, but when he went on vacation for that first uh, time that he took a break, uh, Angela Lansbury came in to play Anna for three wow. weeks. And uh, so that's a little bit of trivia today. Um, so Karen, today is also National Chocolate Covered Insect Day. It is. <laughs> uh, have you ever eaten a no. chocolate covered insect? No, no, I, I, nor do I have any interest in it. But I will tell you how I know that because there is, I don't know if, if any of you spend a lot of time out on the West Coast, there is this ice cream shop called Salt and Straw. And yeah, it's one of those oh, nouveau, yes, nouveau chichi, yeah. fussy, fussy. Now no, you're not going to have vanilla there. You're not going to get like proper flavors. They're all like liver and floor wax and, and nonsense. <laughs> and it makes me so cozy. Because it's like, why are you ruining ice cream? But they have a flavor that is matcha tea flavor. So the ice cream itself is green and it has chocolate covered insects in it. And uh, mm. my music partner, Elliot Roth, has been out in, uh, on a family vacation in Florida for the past week. And I'm like, if you go to the salt and straw, you better give a good thrashing to whoever came up with that because that <laughs> is terrifying. Because <laughs> I bet in the ice cream, I bet like... I just can't imagine how gross that would be, like gooey and just gross. Everyone, and I think this is a better connection. Let's hope that he uh, that we can hear him. Hello, Reggie. Hey, yes. Reggie. Hello. 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 Uh, okay. This is the dessert right here. Okay. Reggie, yes, honey. yes, you made it on, and we can see I'm not it. Can hear you after all. Yes, you figured it out. I'm so glad. So, Reggie, let me start with. We're going to spend a little time with you. Uh, okay. It's National Dessert Day, your favorite dessert. I, I, I like to make a key lime pie, a Florida key lime mm. pie. Yes, it's actually a uh, key lime chiffon pie. And you make it? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Yes. I have no baking skills at all. Oh, oh uh, I'm so, sorry. Um, what is the uh, best advice that you've ever received in this business? Well, I don't know, but the funniest thing that ever happened to me at an audition, after I finished doing a number, um, for, and the casting director says, Reggie, you still got it. And um, not really advice, but it, I, it was one of those things like, yeah, <laughs> you just smile and say, thank you. Uh, great. And, uh, it, it, uh, and as I've had, you know, uh, both uh, Eddie and Karen did this. I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. To make a stand for a cause or a person that you feel that you would like to speak out on their behalf today, this is your chance to do so. Well, I'm going to piggyback on what Eddie said. Eddie talked about voting and voting, um, people making sure that they get out and vote. I'm a firm believer, um, I guess it's a big cause of mine. I've been a political junkie since I was, I guess, 17 or 18. And I still am, you know, you know 50 years later. But I... Um, I, I like to tell people to make sure that you've got all your papers in order. You know, it sounds like something from the old country, but these mm. days you have to have everything in order. So I, I'm Eddie, thank you for bringing that up. Well, my it pleasure. Is so vitally important, and especially today. Especially nowadays. Oh, so boy. I don't know if you were uh, having technical issues, but uh, I don't know if you got a chance to hear the question, but the worst date that you ever had. The worst day or date? Date date oh my well they would be the same thing the worst day, day, day. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> oh my god 
I don't know. I, I, I sort of live my life um, just trying to get through everything and smile. And I don't know, Bridget. That's, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Okay. Well, if you think of it, you can come okay. back later. Right. So uh, I'm going to go uh, back to you. Uh, well, I'm going to go to you, Karen, because uh, I already asked you this question. And uh, I'm going to ask you, um, today is National Frump Day. Oh, so, and wow. I had, well, thank you, Richard, and also you know, with you. Yes, <laughs> so thank you. So, I but the reason I you because I already asked you this, uh, oh, yeah, who, who you immediately think of, and uh, I'd like to send out, uh, well, you go first. Well, and and uh, my curiosity, don't you think of her first too when you hear that yes, word? Yes, um, yes. My, I, I immediately said Ruth Buzzy's character, oh, yes, the little lady. Oh, yeah. And she was the talent, that woman's talent, man. She could do everything yes. and a lovely, lovely person besides. But that, to me, what she did mm -hmm. with that character was incredible. Mm -hmm. So she's had a series of strokes lately. I don't know if you're all aware of that or not. So no. everybody, I do believe in the power of prayer. I do. And please send positive thoughts to Ruth Buzzy. Oh my. Anyone connected with Ruth or anything, let her know. We are sending our love to her. And uh, there's nothing frumpish about that. For no. sure. Um, so, uh, Charles, um, yes. today is, and that's why I have all lowercase letters. I'm the only one who did that. Uh, but today is National Lowercase Letter Day. Um, are you a stickler when it comes to email addresses and things with capitalization or not? Um, I would say yes. I mean, only because sometimes if it makes a difference between it getting to the person or not, um, yeah, I would notice that I try to do it. And uh, yeah, I try to be yeah, pretty, uh, pretty exact with that, with that kind of thing. Punctuation, and I'm like a spelling knot, and I get people mad because sometimes I might correct somebody's spelling about something, and they get mad. So some people appreciate it, but most people get mad. So uh, uh, you so. may all agree with me or disagree with me. I think one of the worst things ever created was autocorrect. Um, oh. I cannot. I, I'm constantly. Uh, uh, you know, when I did the Helen Hayes event, I sent out a press release. One person out of the entire list contacted me and said, are you aware that you wrote Helen Hates Day? <laughs> Helen Hates. So either no one read it or they, it just didn't register with anyone. Oh my. I, oh my. I could not believe that I sent out a press release oh driven that said uh, Helen Hates Days. So uh, that's that. Um, so, uh, Eddie, uh, yeah. today is National Vet Nurse Day, um, and we see Karen's wonderful cat in the background here. Are you a pet person? And if so, do you want to give a shout out to your vet or, or the nurse today that works? Oh, yeah. Way? Yeah. I, uh, I, um, uh, since I've been back uh, in Philadelphia, I, brought, I, I, I had a rescue cat that I picked up off the streets of Harlem. He came wow. back with me. Oh, and my. then for some reason... Um, the cats keep coming in the yard and, uh, uh, there was, uh, two cats that I was taking care of. They were older. They sadly passed, but mm -hmm. I, I made sure they had a good little life in the last uh, year. And about, uh, three months ago, she's sleeping over here. We could see her. That's so she's, she's sleeping on a little thing in there. A cat came crashing into my backyard during the heat wave we had. And she, she literally, curled up on me like she uh, just came up and i was like okay i have another cat good for you i brought her in and she has been uh i named her audrey uh after audrey from little shop because i'd done that show so many times and she basically ran from skid row into my uh <laughs> <I love laughs> it. fantastic you know the backyard you know and and i always think of that line you know um she's always looking for somewhere that's green a matchbox of her own right. and then she has it. And she's taken over the house. She's terrifying her new brother and she's uh, beautiful. So yeah. And uh, the vet nurse, the, 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 the services here in Philadelphia, uh, there is a group called PAWS, P-A-W-S. Mm -hmm. And they uh, do free TNR 
and they give uh, discounts for families who uh, might otherwise not be able to take care of pets. They're always helping that. But they were amazing with her. She was vetted. She was spayed. And um, yeah, so I, I believe rescuing and and the care of animals, if we're lucky enough, and I will tell you that the animals have gotten me through, you know, taking a little intermission from New York and coming back and dealing with them, the, the, um, the outside cats and certainly the new arrival have just filled my, my heart. Good. That's wonderful. God bless you for that. Uh, and I love my, I've got two rescue cats myself. So uh, they're upstairs in bed together. Um, uh, so Reggie, today is World Egg Day. And you're a good egg because you hung in there and you kept coming back. <laughs> so, um, uh, are you an egg man? And if so, what's your favorite way of eating eggs? I like scrambled eggs. And I'll tell you a little story. I, I try not to, to pay attention to prices in the grocery store. I'm holding an iPad, so that's why it keeps moving. Mm -hmm. um, I, I went to my local grocery store the other day, and the eggs were $5.15. I decided that I was going to have a personal protest and not buy eggs, you know, for $5.15. So I thought, you know, I could do without this. But then the next morning, I wanted to make waffles. And for waffles, you need eggs. So mm -hmm. I had to go back to the store and buy eggs. But I mm -hmm. went to another store, and they were four sixty nine. So that's my that's my egg story. Uh -huh. if, can I give you some advice? Yes. Get a couple of chickens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, in well, Miami right now, we have peacocks. And so they do lay eggs. So. Yes, I know. And they, they, they are loud. They are loud. Yeah. So, Charles, today is World Standards Day. And it's not standards like in music standards. It's the standards that other people or countries make um, in terms of uh, things that we live up to. Something that we should all pay attention to, especially as we're voting. Uh, so let's do that. So uh, World Standards Day. Uh, is there a certain culture or I'm going to say something because I said it the other night and I'm going to jump on this bandwagon again. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh. The other night, she uh, was speaking out and she was saying they're coming over to, uh, they're going to bring their cultures to this country. They're going to take over and uh, they're going to take away the way that you do things and everything. And I thought, what a wonderful thing. I'm looking forward to that day because basically <laughs> what we have right now is not that much to look up to. But I want to ask you, Charles, is there a culture or is there a um, anywhere in the world or a, a another culture that you really admire a lot because of the way that they do things? Well, I, I spent a lot of time in my life in, in France. I went there once for a summer language institute in Dijon. And then I um, was a, a, a teaching assistant in the French Lycée for a year. And I lived in Paris. I had an apartment in Paris. And I've always admired the French for... <laughs> the beauty of their language. And um, it's a very intellectual culture. It's a place where ideas are really valued and and talking about ideas, you know, that you can go to a, you know, a cafe in France and people will sit for, for hours, you know, discussing ideas as people would get, will get, you know, very heated discussions of people talking about all sides of an issue. And it's, it's just you know, it's a lot of intellectual passion uh, that's valued in literature and thinking and all of that is very valued in the French culture. So and I had a chance to go back to Paris this this spring and just loved it again. Went back to my old neighborhood, the Marais, which is where my old apartment was and visited <laughs> it. And, uh, relived my uh, my uh, years in college when I was teaching in the high school. So France is really... a I really fell in love with France at, at an early age. So that would be really wonderful. And thanks for sharing that. Uh, I'm going to bring this green up here because the mm. word today is dessert. Uh, uh, and our dessert, uh, you finish a great meal. And I feel like this has been a great meal, having great conversation with all of you. And uh, the dessert today will be uh, Karen's upcoming show uh, mm. and or CD. Uh, so, uh, Karen, um, I've just got some random questions and, um, and going along these same themes that we're talking about right now, 
what are you most angry about in terms of what's going on in the world right now? Oh, honey, you know, that yeah. that's a tough one. I mean, it's just, um, I, I just can't get past the amount of misinformation that's out there that people are just invested in. Like, it's just, I don't know whether it's easier. I don't know what fuels yeah. it. I, I, I honestly can't figure it out. But the fact that, uh, that people, uh, I, I, listen, this country is founded on people having an opinion and having their passions. And I, I'm not saying that that's not a good thing, but like the, the people are so completely misinformed, disconnected and misinformed <laughs> and, and just, and, and willing to run with that, yeah. um, you know, or you, like, you can't even have a conversation um, with them if you have a different opinion, because nothing exists except for, you know, this really twisted way that they see the world. And it's, it's not that their opinion is different than mine. It's that, that it's just grounded in, in nothing that's true, like nothing that's real. Um, but it's, but it's impacting all kinds of real life that I, I would say that's, that's my hardest thing. Cause I don't know how to fight that. Yeah, I don't no. know how to, I don't it's know how difficult. to, uh, the way to fight it is to vote, vote, vote. That's that's for, sure. Yes. for sure. Yeah. For sure. You know. Um, so Eddie, what yeah. is the best manifestation of freedom in your life? Wow. That's a, that's a really fantastic question. And I think it, it, it ties into everything we just said and certainly what, what Karen just said. I think one of the greatest, greatest manifestations of it, good, bad, or ugly is the ability to speak freely in this country. Um, and with it, you see it is not a simple gift. It is a heavy burden to speak freely with honest purpose. Because what we've been seeing is anyone can say anything. Like what you brought up earlier, Marjorie Taylor Greene, or, 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 I mean, look, we, anyone who lived in New York for more than two hours, always knew that Donald Trump was a charlatan, was a con artist, yeah. right? And, but he knew how to, you know, razzle-dazzle him. You know, think about, I mean, nothing more, you know, pressing it than Chicago and that song with what we've been going through. Mm -hmm. The old razzle-dazzle. And that mm -hmm. is the, the being able to speak freely has a lot of different roads and we're learning it. So I think the most important thing is, is to learn that it is a gift. And in this country, the ability to say that not get locked up or shot is starting to erode. So be careful. Absolutely. Uh, Reggie, uh, yes. what do you think is the clearest definition of virtue in today's world? Oh my, um, it's so hard to find to find it today. I, I do have someone in mind, and people may not agree with me, but um, in contrast to the Donald, I think that our current president, who does try to do what is right, and um, he 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 is a pious man. He is a virtuous man, and he's not perfect. And I don't know any human being who is, but um, I, I it's it's difficult. It's difficult trying to find that. Absolutely. Uh, Charles, uh, what boundaries do you create around the people in your life when it comes to today's political system? Um, well, I, you know, I think it's, in a way, it's kind of sad be because uh, there used to be a day where, where I had people in my life with a wider political spectrum, you know, that, I, I, you know, I, my, my father was Republican. I knew Republicans in my family of all parts of it. And, and everyone was able to kind of talk and respect each other. And what I find, which is sad, is that my, that I, that the people that I talk to just maybe the same way as the, the, uh, the right wing is tends to be the people I agree with or share my worldview or uh, my values and the people who don't there's such a polarization that those people, it's like, I can't talk to them. So I've, you know, I've, I've, I've taken a lot of those people out of my life. Uh, some, a few family members and a few friends that are on the, on the fringe because we, we couldn't have dialogue. I mean, if, if you have 
difference of opinion and you can have dialogue and exploration, that's mm -hmm. one thing. But if it's if it's just screaming at each other or you know one person screaming, uh, it it doesn't go anywhere and it's pointless and it's it's sad because there are just you know there there are people that you just don't bring up certain subjects with them because you know that it's <laughs> it's hopeless to do so. So. And Karen, I'm going to give you the final question today. And it says, what was the hardest secret that you've ever had to keep? Um, you know, that, that really is a challenging question. Um, I think, I, I don't know that there's just one. I think any time that I, um, that I am entrusted with information by somebody that that has to be a secret. And yet if, if people knew about it, they would support, they would, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it's so hard yes, I think, yeah, for people yeah. to ask for help. I think it's very, and I think people are very, feel very feeling vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's hard for people. And so I think it's, it's been the times like that where somebody who has had just a legitimate need or a terrible pain or, or feeling so lost and alone and, and, confided it but but would be mortified for anyone to know like they have to be the one to share it so then you're sort of walking around knowing that that this person needs so much more than you can do i i feel like it would be those kinds of things i thought you were going to talk about some special ingredient in one of your cookies oh no no, no. <laughs> no. so everyone i here's our giveaway and thank you all for being here today i love how this works and uh my hands are here, so you see that I do not pick our uh, winner today. You're all winners for being here. Natasha Lombardi. Hey, oh, hi, Natasha. And uh, I'll put you and Natasha in touch with each other. So, Fantastic. Does that, where does Natasha live? Do uh, she know? lives in Portland, Maine. That's Listen, Natasha, I, I'm going to put together uh, some nice little box of stuff for you, not mm -hmm. just like, like really some fun things I'm going to get out to you. And thank you oh. for watching today. And I'll put you in touch with each other. So, Natasha, thank you for being here. And I will say this about Natasha. Natasha, and I mean, a lot of you do this, and I really appreciate it. Uh, Natasha goes to my website, and she leaves uh, many reviews of the shows. Uh, she shows up a lot. All of you show up, and it means the world to me. I know that I can speak for everybody on this show today, and this is the real uh, dessert for all of us. Uh, all of us are in a business that uh, time is a commodity. Uh, whether you're going to show up at our shows, whether they be virtual or live, um, whether or not you're going to pay attention, uh, whether or not you go out and tell other people about what we do. Um, that's the real secret. Uh, advertising is great, but I always say that word of mouth is even better. Uh, that's the real dessert for me. So if all of you who saw today's show, after today's show, could go to my Facebook page, uh, not Facebook, but my YouTube channel, uh, leave a comment there, share this show with your friends. Um, the Friday wrap-up show is truly one of my favorite days of the week because I bring different people together. I hear different points of view uh, and uh, I want to do more of these and I want to do them live again uh, because I yeah. think that uh, I want to hear people speak and what people bring to the table. Uh, so please... Um, it, when it comes to social media, we can all do this. You see a comment from somebody, uh, anybody in this business wants to be recognized. So hit the like button, leave a comment and share it. And if it's not going to uplift everybody involved, and I mean the people who see the post and the people that the posts are about, hit the delete button, hide it so that it no longer exists in your feed. And we can make the world a better place by taking the time to do so. I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the third name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. As my dear friend Sean Moniger always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, 
make sure you bring a skipper along. <laughs> so I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to turn it over to you, Reggie. And you can say anything about anything that we talked about today that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you want to leave everyone with. And when you finish, you will pick the next person and so on and so on until the last person is left standing. And don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say goodbye, the final credits will roll. I love each and every one of you, and it means a lot that you were here today. And I thank you all for everyone who showed up to watch the show today. Uh, please, please, please spread around positive dessert as much as you like dessert. It's mm. important that we do so. So I'm going to leave the screen to Reggie. It's yours. Richard, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. I'm sorry that we had technical mishaps. But anyway, I wanted to be a part of it. And thank you. Um, I thank you for the, the variety of topics that you had to, uh, this afternoon. And I love listening to your guest. I'm going to pass the baton to Eddie. Thank you so much, Reggie. It's great to meet you. I'm glad you got on board, Charles and Karen, and certainly Richie. Uh, uh, Richard, thank you for um, today. And thank you for everything that you all continue to do by celebrating, by Karen, your voice, your singing, your spirit, Charles, just continuing to go back on stage. And I think, you know, um, I, I miss New York City. I had to come back and, and take care of uh, some family issues that we all have to go through. I had to say goodbye to my mom and dad and, and, and other parts of my life that, you know, when you're running around, you're being creative and it's a selfish life sometimes, you know, in your brain. You want to give, but you're also forgetting sometimes those around you. And it's been a gift to come back and take care of that, the ultimate business. But at the same time, knowing you guys are all out there performing and doing things and Richard's celebrations really got me through it. it certainly, I want to specifically say the Madeline Kahn, Hello Dolly show, those times when he talked to Leroy Reams, uh, the history of stage, this kind of thing gets me through. And knowing that legacies live on. Uh, we all live on, and I think, Karen, you and I shared a very dear friend, David Gerland. Oh, my God. And and um, just the other day, I was listening to him sing Vienna, you know, and I think that's a connection that you and I have, how I, how I got to meet you and see you guys. So people might be here with us in the next room, or they might be somewhere else long gone. They are never far away. And that's why I think about all you guys. So thank you for having me, Richard. And and I'm going to, you know, Charles, it was great meeting you, but I have to hand it over to Karen because okay. I love her. Karen, Karen please call you. me. I will, I'm going to check in. Yeah. yeah, yeah Take yeah. it away. And keep those photos of the cookies. I need them. I will. I will. All right. Oh, my all God. Right. Listen, I, I, when Richard says that, that the end of the week wrap up is, is something that he looks forward to and he loves, I'm... I'm there. I This is always so fun when I get the opportunity to do it um, and get to talk to nice people and interesting conversations. It's like a, um, it's like just sitting around your house. Remember the days when we used to be able to sit around each other's houses? Um, so, uh, so thank you, Richard, for all that you do. And please, everybody that's out there, if you're watching, uh, uh, it's not just him sitting around asking us questions. There's so much all week all the time that goes into making this happen and making it continue to happen. So please like and subscribe, check out the YouTube channel, do the things. Richard does so much to support everybody. Uh, please, uh, please give a little back. It doesn't cost you a dime. Most of these things, just a little time. And it, and it gives us all such a, a great place to hang. I have a couple of things coming up just in case anybody's interested. There's a, a, a supper club here in, uh, called Pangea in New York city. I'm there with uh, my partner, Elliot Roth on October 20th and November 15th. Um, and uh, my girls, those girls and I will be at the opening night of the cabaret convention at Lincoln Center. It's our Lincoln Center debut oh, on October wow. the 26th. We're super excited about it. It's the music of Yip Harburg. Um, and, uh, and then we have two more shows, October 29th and November 3rd, um, and a holiday show with my friend Elliot at, uh, at the Triad Theater. So, uh, so lots of things. I'm grateful for every single thing. And, uh, and uh, to have had this lovely afternoon, and especially with you, Charles, who I never, I rarely get to see um, this close. I, I get to see you from the other side of the footlights. So, uh, so thank you for everything that you're doing, and have a great week, everybody. Okay, so I'm the last one here. So, th uh, thank you, Richard, for inviting me again.
to be part of this. I feel really uh, honored and privileged to get that invitation with such incredible, talented people that I know that you know. And it was nice to meet everybody today. Um, I was just thinking of, um, with the passing of Angela Lansbury, thinking about some of the lessons from her life. And number one, we all know about her phenomenal talent. I remember seeing her as Rose in Gypsy when I was in college and just being so astounded by her talent. And later on as Mrs. Lovett, and then later on in Blythe Spirit and towards the end of her career. But I think what's, it's not just talent. I think why people revered her, it was because of her, her kindness and her, her character and just being a solid person with, with good values and caring for others and being a good person in the world. So uh, I think that's really important. Uh, talent is important, but values and character are also important. And I think that's why it had such an impact on people because people really loved her talent, but also loved who she was as a human being. So I think that's something for us all to aspire from and learn from and be grateful that we experienced both the talent and who she was as a human being. So again, uh, thank you, Richard. Thank you for everybody today. And uh, have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, take care and, and good night.